Hey guys, so this is the Walking Well podcast and I am your host, Jalon Martz. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new here, hey, welcome. This podcast is a place for us to gather around and learn from each other's bought lessons and the wisdom that we've gained in living our lives well or sometimes scraping our knee. And so we just gather around the word. We gather together to pick apart life and figure out how to do it well, how to rock this thing out, how to boss it out, as I like to say, and to live our lives not as like um, people that are fumbling in darkness, but as people that have light and are walking steadfastly in the light. And so I just encourage you to hop on in here with us. For my faithful listeners, hey guys, hey, you guys have had a little time to catch up on the podcast because um, life was kicking me in the butt (laughs) and it just wasn't happening. I felt like I didn't have any time and I was trying to squeeze the podcast and it just wasn't happening. Um, But how many of you know, amen, uh, that you got to fight the good fight of faith. And when God has called you to do something, even when life seems like it is trying to squeeze all that purpose out and not leave any room for it, you still have to go for it. You still have to fight for it. So your girl is learning some lessons on fighting for purpose and fighting to make sure that purpose has space among all the other things that I'm called to do. So you know, it was kind of my bad, but it was also a learning moment for me. So sorry, y'all had to be part of my journey in that way too. <laughs> but um, we were in October and we were really trying to take some time to talk about what's holding you back. You know, I, when we first started, it was like the last 90 days of the year. And so we were really just focusing on removing those barriers, removing those things that keep us from living our best life, um, as Lil Duval has said, Um but even more than that, like what's keeping us from purpose and fully going out there and doing what God has called us to do. And so um, we took some time to talk about fear and just how fear gets in our head. And it's really from the enemy and it's all lies, but it's meant to intimidate us and push us back from um, the boldness that we have in Christ Jesus. You know, the righteous are bold as lions. And so today I kind of want to just take some time to talk about this next sort of thing that I think also produce or also um proves to be a hindrance, which is comparison. Dun, dun, dun. Um, comparison is a beast in its own right, in its own way. And um, as someone who is very familiar with the demon of comparison, I think it's time to, you know, sit it down, talk it through and walk in victory um, and be free from comparison. So y'all know I'm a word nurse. So let's start looking at some scriptures. It's really just two verses. Um, But let's look at Galatians 6. Um, So, you know, Paul's writing to the church at Galatia, and he's got all these exhortations as he closes out this letter um, and just kind of instructing the church on how to handle when people fall in sin, um, how to come alongside people and reinstate them when they fall, um, to assert how to serve each other. Um, and what that looks like. Um, so he starts and will not start, but he picks up in verse four by saying that every person carefully scrutinize and examine and test his own conduct and his own work. She will say she, she then can have the personal satisfaction and joy of doing something commendable in itself alone without resorting to boastful comparison with her neighbor. For every person will have to bear, be equal to understanding and calmly receive his own little load of faults. So I think it's really important to like sit there for a second and think about where comparison comes from. You know, comparison, honestly, when you boil it all down, it's rooted in in insecurity. It's rooted in this belief that who I am is not enough. Um, What I bring to the table is not really worth that much. This person over there has a better, does better, looks better, dresses better, says better, does whatever better than you. 
And so you devalue and degrade the the endowment, the portion that God has given you, or you're just simply blinded from it because of um, like just how down you are on yourself. And so sometimes that's like a self-esteem thing, but it's really insecurity. It's really this feeling of um, somebody else, somebody out there has something better than what I have, than what I bring to the table, than who I am. And it's really rooted in the who, not so much the what, the, what you do. It's more so rooted in who you are. Um, and then that reflects on what you do and how you feel like what you do is invaluable. You feel like who you are is invaluable, doesn't have weight or value. And therefore, the things that you do do not have weight or value or carry weight or value. Um, and, you know, I am really no stranger to this. I kind of alluded to that earlier, but... Um, I think when I was probably preteen, middle teen, y'all know I'm not that old, so I only had these kind of years to look back on, but I had a really close friend, and we were like best friends, but we were also kind of like competitive in foolishness that we didn't have to be competitive in, and I remember being so envious of her ability to put together a good outfit, and y'all, that was not my strong suit at the time, like Jesus really had to work with me. The My ability to put together an outfit is a um, is a manifestation of the grace of God no lie. <laughs> but I remember being so jealous of her ability to do that, so envious. And I remember like, you know, I think I kind of put something together and know that I was on the struggle bus in my outfit and she'd come around and I could feel myself shrinking. You know, she was a really great and is still a really great conversationalist. And I would feel so intimidated um, around her because she just had this great ability to turn a conversation easily um, with all kinds of people. And I would just like kind of shrink into myself and feel like I'm not that good at that. I'm not good at that. I can't do that. And just just dull my, uh, yeah, I would just shrink into myself and I would compare myself constantly. Oh, I wish I had this like her. I wish I had that like her. And it wasn't just her that I would do it with. I would compare myself in other areas, man. I, like I used to hate my, I've, I've talked to you guys about this on the podcast, talked about this on the podcast. Um, hate my body. I wish I had like thighs like Lauren Graham. I used to love Gilmore Girls. And so I so wanted a thigh gap and that is just not how this body is built at all. Um, but I, I would compare myself physically when it came to giftings and abilities, you know, there were things that I would kind of sort of be confident in, but like at the baseline, I was pretty insecure in a lot of areas and I wore that and that colored the way that I interacted with a lot of people and just, you know, girl friendships that that was like, it was like this competitive comparison thing. And what's really ugly about comparison is that um, it undoes you. You know, I think about my friend and I, um, and we've talked about this in the years past, like, oh, there were different things about each other that we both wished we were more like or wish that we had. And, you know, the, the thing about comparison is that you're so busy looking over the fence, looking over at whatever somebody else has or can do that you completely neglect and fail to realize that you have this bounty within yourself as well. Um, and so in those years, I was so focused on being a better version of her than she was. And I can't even do that. Like, you're Jalan. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, if she's an apple, you're a pineapple. There's no way that you're going to turn yourself into an apple kid. Get your life. You need to focus on being a pineapple. And that's the the meat and potatoes of comparison. It's let me draw your focus and your attention over here to this thing that you can't even be. So you're going to always and constantly fail at it. I'm going to eat away at your esteem, at your self-esteem, at your feeling of competency, at your feeling of aboveness um, by having you compare yourself to something that you will never, ever be able to be because we're all individuals. Um, and then it's just this endless cycle of I can't, I never will be, look at them over there. I can't, I never will be, look at them over there. Let me try to be more like them. And you're not them. Um, whether that's skill, whether that's ability, 
whether that's gifting, whether that's looks, um, whether that's your, your anointing. Some people want to have this like mothering anointing, but they're really a sister girl. And like, you've got to be able to flow in your anointing. Um, because if you don't, you undo your own gift. So with my friend and I, there was no way that I was going to blossom into the woman that I am today by constantly trying to be my friend. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, but when you realize that what you bring to the table is valuable, is important, has weight, um, has benefit, you begin to cultivate those things yourself. You stop peering over the fence. You know, I have this phrase, I love Hebrews 12, where it talks about running your race with diligence and laying aside every weight. Comparison is a weight. It weighs you down. Um, if you've ever seen uh, runners that have like the, the vests on their chest or they'll have like ankle weights on sometimes or weights in their hands. You know, weights are meant to be resistance because they build muscle. But in the case of comparison, it just encumbers you. It slows your ability to run at the pace that you have to run at down. Um, and so while God is calling you to go do this thing that he is uniquely gifted and endowed you with the ability to do and to accomplish and to do exponentially well, I don't even know if that's a phrase, to do well, um, you're trying to carry the burden, the weight, you're trying to run like somebody else. That's not, that's not, it's not going to work. I mean, I just, I kind of hate to burst your bubble, but I have to. Trying to be someone that you are not is not ever going to work. You are going to waste your time. And the enemy's ultimate goal is to get you to blow your time because your time is the only, not even the only, it's the most valuable, non-renewable resource we have on earth. Our time is our currency. What we do with our time is ultimately how we, it's our investment, right? So if we invest our time, all of our time and our energy into a fruitless work, such as comparison, such as trying to be someone else, we're going to have nothing to show for it at the end because God called us to develop our own gift, to develop our own um, skills to develop our own voice, to develop our own giftings. You know, I just want to go back to this verse because I think it's so important to just highlight this. Let every person carefully scrutinize and examine and test their own conduct and their own work. Then you can have the personal satisfaction and joy of doing something commendable in itself alone without resorting to comparison with your neighbor. It's so important, man. Like that's the value of your life that you have this time to be able to build something for the kingdom for the glory of God, to point people to Jesus and say, this is how good God is, right? And so when you're comparing yourself to someone, you're one, self-absorbed. Like when I, whenever I'm in comparison, I am high key looking at myself. I mean, like it's all about me and how I need to look better or how I can look better or how I can be more impressive. Like comparison is not about Jesus. I'm, I'm not looking to serve the kingdom when I'm knee deep, neck deep in comparison. I'm looking at how to make myself look better, how to make this molehill of a kingdom of me bigger. That's not what it's about. That's, that's vain and fruitless. I'm investing in myself and I'm only going to reap emptiness, right? But the thing about getting out of comparison uh, is a discipline as much as it is a, a, a product of revelation, right? So for me, um, getting out of comparison meant that I had to ask God to give me the capacity to see what I didn't see, right? So I didn't see myself being a great outfit putter together at all. Right. And in some ways, I just simply wasn't. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. And I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I'm going to tell y'all what I did. 
So I was just like, Lord, you're going to have to teach me. You are so going to have to teach me how to put outfits together. And God is so good that he cares about those things that aren't super eternal, but are affecting something like your self-esteem or your feeling of being competent, right? He's that good. He's a good father, right? So um, if you haven't had a good father in your life, it's super important that you get around good, godly father, mother figures, um, because sometimes we don't know how to relate to God. Um, or we have to be taught how to relate to God as father because we've had bad examples. But good fathers um, are concerned about their kids' self-esteem, their kids' sense of worth, their kids' sense of competency and capability, right? So I was feeling incompetent when it came to being able to dress myself. And that would cause a feeling of insecurity or a feeling of low self-esteem. And so I resorted to, okay, God, you say you're a good father. Um, I don't think a good father, I, from my experience, earthly fathers who are um, inferior to you and their love and care for their kids. Earthly fathers care about self-esteem. They care about feelings of competency. They care about feelings of worth. And this is eating at my sense of competency, my feelings of worth, my feelings of whatever, whatever. And so, Lord, I need you to teach me how to do this. I need you to teach me how to dress, right? And so I, I said that prayer. Like, that was me being super vulnerable with Jesus. Like, I know it don't really matter in the grand scheme of eternity, but this thing is bothering me. And so I asked the Lord, like, show me how to dress. Like, show me how to put outfits together. I need help. And then your girl got on what not to wear and would just be completely um, wrapped up in watching this show and learning. Because this, I mean, like, putting outfits together, it's an art, but it's also a skill, right? And so I'd just be watching what not to wear and like, oh, that's a good outfit. Oh, okay, I see why they did that. That's a nice color combo. And then I started, like, grabbing different, like, fashion magazines and pulling, um, like, outfits out of there that I really liked and would try to, like, find and would use it as, like, a pattern or like a guide you know how like when you were a kid um you used to do the like connect the dot or connect the numbers and it would create a picture and that would kind of like lead you like oh okay next is two next is three next is four and eventually you'd have a full picture like I started kind of using images of outfits that I was like oh I like this as my guide to when I go shopping okay I like how they put together these gray pants with this white button down okay so let me see if I can find something similar to that in like my everyday circle of shopping and those two things praying that God would teach me how to dress and then exposing myself to people that knew how to do it like had the skill had the wisdom the earthly wisdom in the earth on how to dress it's kind of how I got to this place where I like my sense of style and I feel comfortable in it And that was the work of the Lord. But I had to ask God, like, expand my capacity, right? Like, right now, I like, y'all, I really didn't have the ability, like, know-how, nothing. And, um, And so God increased my ability, one, in the sense of, like, where you didn't have skill and competency, I've given you skill and competency. And then, two, you need to ask God, like, okay, help me see what I don't see in myself, right? And so... I remember really like, you know, like I've talked to you guys, not liking my body, not liking its shape. I don't, I used to just everything, like just didn't like it. And I remember this guy, and I think I've shared this before on the podcast, prophesying over me that God was going to fix the mirror because I see myself as a broken thing. I see myself disjointed. I look at, I look in the mirror and all I see are like my defects. And this man had no idea how deep he was reaching into my soul, (laughs) but it was true. Like I'd look at myself and see a bunch of defects. Um, Even with my personality, y'all, I used to be like, I hate that I'm such a strong personality. I hate that I'm just so sharp. I hate that I'm this. I hate, why can't I be soft and dainty? Why can't I be X, Y, and Z, you know? And, um, would just pull out all the things that I think are defective about me. And so God really had to shift my perception. Right. And so, um, 
I would meditate on scriptures. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, God has made you with a purpose and that God doesn't make mistakes at everything that he's given you. And this isn't necessarily scripture, but just like just sayings, truths. Um, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He knew you while you're in your mother's womb. He's appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Like God has given you the specific things that he's given you. He's fashioned you the specific way that he's fashioned you so that you would function in his grace and in his calling and his purpose for your life. And so um, I couldn't rely on myself in that sense. I couldn't be like, well, this is all this where I am is a ceiling of where I am. No, I had to go, God, give me revelation. Help me see what I don't see in myself. Because sometimes, guys, we really don't see it like you feel worthless and that's that feels like your reality. But truth has to override even sometimes what our eyes are seeing because we walk by faith, not by sight, right? And so if the word of God is true, if we call ourselves Christians, we hold ourselves to the standard of God's word. And if his word says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, if his word says that he's appointed us, he's he's equipped us for the things that he's called us to, then we have to have it within ourselves to do what he's calling us to do in our lane, in this body, in the giftings that he's given us. Um so God, give me eyes to see my worth. Give me eyes to see what I bring to the table. God, work this out in me. You give me the desire and the ability to do and be what's pleasing to you. That's what Philippians 2 says. And so God, it's not pleasing to you for me to um, rag on how you've created me, how you've made me, the the things I can walk in a room and see what's wrong and what needs to be fixed. What needs, like it doesn't, it's not pleasing to God that we rag on his creation, which we are, Right. And it's not helpful if we're always looking over at the next lane to see what somebody else is doing when we have a race to run ourselves. And so God, help me, you know, like you, man, I'm just on this thing now. And it, like a couple people have said it and it's just ringing out in my spirit. We have to begin to believe God to expand our capacity. Sometimes, like I said, we think where we are is the ceiling and that's all that can ever be and all that will ever be. But hope is the confident expectation of good or change on the horizon. And so if you have lost your hope, Jesus, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Restore to me the hope of my salvation. Restore to me the belief that you are a God of the living, not the dead. That you are a God that speaks life over dead things and they rise and they live from Lazarus to dry bones to Sarah's womb. You are the God that changes the environment. And so, man, I just believe and speak over you. If you're in this place where you're struggling with comparison, God is going to breathe new life over you and expand your capacity, give you the capacity to hold the truth. And the truth is that he set you free. The truth is that you are bold as a lion. The truth is that he has given you divine purpose. The truth is that you're fearfully and wonderfully made inside and out. And so I just thank God that you run your race fully believing that he's given you everything requisite, everything that pertains to life and godliness you have. And so if you are a single mama, you've got all the grace that you need to do that. If you're a school teacher, you have all the grace that you need to do that. Do not feel like you can't pull on resources to sharpen areas of dullness. And at the same time, believe God to bring along revelation, believe God to bring along resources, believe God to bring along people to help move the call in God, the call of God on your life forward. You don't have, don't comparison waste time, y'all. Let's just, let's just get it out there. Comparison is a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of the only non-renewable resource you have right now in this lifetime. 
Um, and so, man, I just add my faith with yours. Like if you find yourself in a place where you are stuck in comparison, if you feel like you have been like trying to end the cycle of comparison in your life for years and haven't been able to kick it, I add my faith with you. I add my faith that you're going to have a boldness in who God has called you to be in what your name is, who God says that you are, um, and that you begin to walk in that and just lay aside the comparison, lay aside the weight. It doesn't serve you. And in 2019, whatever doesn't serve you needs to go. Whatever doesn't serve the kingdom needs to go. Whatever doesn't serve the spirit of God on the inside of you, gots to go, right? So here's to walking into a new year free of comparison. Here's to walking into a new year free of fear. Um, here's to walking into a new year in the boldness that God is calling you to um, and the security of knowing who you are um, because that's the game changer. Knowing who you are, who you belong to, that God is with you, um, that changes everything. It changes all the things, it moves mountains, it changes your perspective. You walk differently when you know that God is with you and he is. Um, and so I just, he, man, I just, I told y'all I'm on something else. <laughs> I just add my faith with yours. Um, this week, you know, purpose, purpose to keep your eyes fixed forward. I love that Proverbs 4.23 kind of talks this out like, hey, don't look to the right or to the left move on forward in your purpose. And so I encourage you guys to do that, to not get caught up in what other people are doing, the grace that they have on their lives. Nah, none of that. Focus on where you're called. Focus on what you're doing. Boss it out. Love you guys. Make it a great week. Bye.